Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. My eyes were closed just uh, now, and when I opened my eyes, there was, it seems like these two bodyguards, <laughs> or uh, or that I was detained in some way. Like, better tell the truth. <laughs> um, so. I'm, uh, I've, I'm, uh, I'm getting used to uh, teaching uh, more and more in smaller venues, with, uh, often with like 30, 35 uh, retreatants, and often I'm alone teaching, so it gets kind of uh, intimate. And uh, also it feels like I, uh, over the days of the retreat, I can establish a kind of a rapport with the room, It's uh, you know, with the us in the room. And so when I go to teach a retreat with a team, there's a lot of learning and it's very rich and it's beautiful. And when suddenly I have to start talking again after a few days, not being, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, sharing in the, in the room, it takes some, uh, it seems like I have to start something again or like reestablish contact, you know. So in a way I'd like to uh, ask you, is, is it okay if I'm here tonight? <laughs> Do you allow me to take the microphone and share a little bit in my um, usually a little messy way? Or in my, uh, I was actually outside uh, walking, doing the walking a little bit and I could feel uh, like, uh, like this typical thing they say, like when you're a little afraid, your, your legs get too shaky. And I actually had never had this precise experience i was shaking i was like i'm a little wobbly you know like i'm a and, and I, oh oh okay I'm, that's it i'm a, I, i'm a little nervous i'm a little, a little nervous and i was a, a little shaking even and at some point i thought oh no i think it's actually hypothermia <laughs> 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 or a, a mix of both you know it's a little cold out there and it's a little light so anyway But uh, what was helping me out there was um, the connection with uh, reality. Often we use this image of uh, the Buddha there or over there. Uh, And as you see, the Buddha is uh, touching the ground with their hand, you know. And uh, in the this is the Buddha to be before awakening and visited by doubt and uh, difficult emotions. And I, to me, I, uh, this talks to me a lot because there's something so simple about in the middle of a difficult emotion, uh, like, oh, you can't do this, you don't have the right to be there, and being, and suddenly, uh, what does the Buddha do but just touch the ground? Like, what's really happening here? Oh, this touch happening. I like the, the way that this cuts through, you know, uh, 
uh, all the fabrications of the mind. Am I worthy? Do I belong? Do I not belong? What's going to happen? And then just something very simple. Oh, there's softness or hardness or roughness, whatever, you know, this contact. And as I was walking outside, you know what saved me? What saved me was that, I mean, there was many things, but one of the things was that in the distance, it touched me just to, what touched you, what is touching you, Pascal? Because it's it's this intimacy, this availability of these um, things that can save life, I feel, in little moments. But in the distance, I just heard the kind of squeak, squeak of somebody coming downstairs, maybe in Mudita or something, Karuna, I think. And there was just this distant squeak, squeak, squeak of a footstep of somebody coming to the hall, you know. And just the sound, and, and I knew my practice as Pascal. Hear this, you know. And then feel the light in the, through the leaves, you know. Be there for that. This is real, it's happening. And it's how you can connect with reality, you know. And then feel the souls and feel the body shaking. There's lots of reality happening. And in this way, it feels like I'm welcome back in the world. It feels like I belong in the world. It's, it's, there's, it's nature happening and I have direct access to it. I can be a we here, you know. We have direct access to this, you know, to the nature, the nature of vibration at the ear door, the nature touch, you know. I've found very little things that are much more value to me than this, and for many reasons. This uh, sensory experience as, a, as an entry uh, point to the vastness of the Dharma to uh, the qualities of uh, to the you know the qualities of the heart to stabilize the system that is a little shaky to uh, plug in again to listen instead of ha being caught in one's idea about what's happening or what should be happening or etc always available I live in a city and you know uh, I travel around with my bike a lot and my bike luck is my retreat, you know? When I come, can I actually feel this, the touch? Not do it on luck so it's unlocked, but be there, touch the luck, connect, be there, become fully present again, whole. So, I had not planned to talk about this, but et voila. That's what's happening. As a doorway to clarity, start uh, where it can be clear. Oh, there's clearly touch uh, of the feet on the ground or the cushion. This is clear. It can be fully known. And let's start from there, you know. So, the way I see what we're doing here, 
these days, you know, these, the understanding things are changing all the time. So these days, these, yeah, these last few months maybe, there's a, there's a pretty clear arc to me to the practice. And uh, that's maybe going to be a, both a classic uh, kind of classic description of practice, but also personal. And it might not be yours. Yours might be a different description, and it's quite okay. Yeah. So it's just one practitioner maybe talking about their practice, and you can just check it out. You know where it resembles your experience or maybe it's going to bring interest or something to you for more exploration. But the way I understand what we're, what we're doing as we're practicing here is, uh, is a getting out of the ideas by going through the sensory experience. So I go, I'm stuck in my ideas about stuff, you know, stuff to do, stuff to be, stuff that I could have been, etc. And I'm invited, it seems, through the instructions to uh, enter the world again through ex sensory experience, very precise for me. It's being there as I'm walking to feel the feet landing, being here to feel the breath, feel... And for me, actually, the it's uh, five senses completely open I mean, it's, there's not one that is above the other. I actually totally don't mind if it's the breath that I'm connecting to, or if it's the hands touching, like now, or if it's the quality of the air, temperature-wise or humidity-wise, or, or eyes closed, the luminosity through the, the uh, eyelids. Just a connection to the world. And in that, becoming very specific, knowing this experience specifically, maybe naming it specifically, hearing, uh, tasting, touching, stepping, lending, whatever, maybe naming it, but most, mo uh, m so much more important, experience it, experiencing it fully, as fully as possible, as specifically as possible, yeah? So being very specific about, oh, it feels like this to be at Spirit Rock in the courtyard right now. It didn't feel like this a couple of hours ago. It feels like this, exactly like this right now. Let me be really careful about this. This is how it feels to be Pascal right now, let's say. Oh, it's like this. It's a little contracted like this and shaky like this. And sometimes being Pascal is something else. It's more more spacious or light or crooked in some ways, you know. And so becoming ve my task, it seems, is to become very specific about what's happening, really feel it, tune into it, yeah? And so through s uh, sensory experience, so uh, the five sense doors, yeah? And in the course of the instructions, it seems like we're opening the field of attention, so we can bring our specificity, if that's the way to talk about it, our capacity to be intimate, close to feel, feel really. We're opening, opening the field, we say, oh, so in that there's also thoughts passing by, ooh, much more subtle maybe, uh, s things to feel, a thought pass by, a mood, 
oh, discovering a mood, the mood of um, light joy. Light joy feels like this. I want to become specific about this. Light joy. Oh, confusion. Oh, being triggered. Having a strong opinion and being charged by the opinion. Face, you know, hot, heart beating, you know, kind of impulse to act and say and speak and do something. Oh, yeah, charged, triggered, triggered. Let me be, that's very specific. I want to feel this in exactly like this and in this really beautiful way that mindfulness doesn't judge. It's curious and we're clarifying this along the way. Oh, what is mindfulness? It's not one thing, something else. It's one thing to know this specific experience as it is occurring, being in, in it, alive to it, awake to it, y your language in there, you know? But uh, so then mind states, and I don't know, maybe I'm the only one like this in this group, I'm not sure, but I tend to be an emotional being. So there are definitely a passage for me and it's not boring on that level, you know. There's joy and there's confusion and there's one thing and there's uh, spaciousness and there's contraction and there's a sinking of some sort, you know. And so my job then becomes very specifically to feel this, oh, discouraged, tired, disinterested. Ah, disinterested is so, such a specific event, phenomena. I want to know it exactly as it is. An image that I use sometimes for myself, or did use, is uh, I think of these mind states and moods as, uh, as uh, national parks, you know? So I was like, oh, Death Valley is very different than Yosemite or uh, Everglades, you know? A dif different field, geology, meteorology, uh, Everything's different about it. Atmosphere, if I can say that, yeah? So, in fear, and suddenly I'm like, oh. And I'm in this specific national park, you know? Like, I actually want to be awake to, to this, how it feels to be here in that mind state. Wow, very oppressive, very like this, you know? Oh, this other mind state, oh, very like this. So the tonality of it, the flavor of it. I'm using um, uh, sensory experience language here, you know, the, the feel of it, the, the taste of it, whatever you want to call it, you know, but how it feels, how it, uh, and then I want to become specific about how it perceives, how joy perceives Spirit Rock in the next few days, how discouragement perceives self. Do you see what I mean? Self appears like something that has no worth, suddenly. Wow, so perceptions are changed with mind states. I want to really become aware of this. Oh, in hope, in confidence, this is how it looks the next four days, you know? In irritation, it looks like that, <laughs> you know? Self, other is changing, friends become a foe, you know, etc. and yeah? So I want to be specific about how it feels in there, in terms of how the mind thinks, maybe in the mind state. In anger, I notice that I tend to lose my nuances. It's like, this has always been like this, they're like that, they're always going to be like that, you know? 
And when there's a little bit more of the <laughs> wisdom factor, maybe they'll say, yeah, but also, you know, etc., etc. And so I want to be specific about what is felt in the senses, about what is felt in the soul, dare I say this word here, you know, in the mind, what's the texture in there, yeah? And so I'm becoming more and more specific. This is pleasant. Oh, being self-righteous is really pleasant. <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to be really... Sp oh, I want to feel... Ah, oh, yeah, I'm right, they're wrong. Yeah, that feels really good. <laughs> or does it, you know? But so also this feeling tone, like, oh, this is pleasant, this is unpleasant. Oh, this is neither pleasant nor unpleasant. This is exactly like this. So at that level also, that's one of the other kind of the aspects of experience that we can become really uh, uh, intimate with. Experience, not think about, uh, we're clear about this, not judge, not look for something else. I think that's this, this is the beauty of this mindfulness. It doesn't judge, it's curious. Yeah? And in all this, there's another thing that is happening while I'm trying to do this and the be in the best way that I can, starting over again, getting lost, you know, starting over humbly, humbly, what can be known right now after these 20 minutes of being lost, you know, what can be known now? Oh, this silence, this particular silence. So this extraordinary attention. What happens slowly as I do this is the mind becomes maybe the best I told you, emotional being. The best, more and more the best mind, the best inner circumstances, the mind, instead of being reactive, and all this becomes more pliable, more flexible, stable, calm, and, this is amazing to me, how can that be possible together, that the mind becomes calm and energized? calm and energized so I can be there in the middle of what's happening and there's a calm this is what I've been training here from moment to moment inviting calm inviting balance of mind can I be with this <gasps> not fun unpleasant I don't want this can this be okay my love right now that it's pulsing like this or piercing like this can it be okay just now yeah so bringing balance again bringing uh, calm again and bring curiosity investigation what is this oh my god i've never been here now before what is it like to be here now with two bodyguards <laughs> oh that's very different <laughs> yeah so as i'm becoming specific also i'm learning and in the way that joseph was saying in a very uneven way you know but the mind is stabilizing and it's getting energized by curiosity, by interest, yeah? And uh, some of you were describing this today, saying like, wow, suddenly I was kind of unable to think for a few minutes. You know, it was just like really there and there was not so much production of words, you know? Or somebody would, would say like, wow, the mind was so energized, like it was delightful and like, you know, delightful curiosity. There's many ways, enthusiasm. That's how I experience it so often. So I'll be sitting here 
And then there's this smile that comes sometimes because it's so interesting. This little anxiety, this cosmic solitude might come, you know. It's like, oh my God, I got it, I got it. It's not what I, the best thing I wish in my life, cosmic solitude, you know. But I can surround it with attention, non-reactive attention. So the smile there of a slightly anxious person. This is vipassana joy. <laughs> Suddenly there's an energy, there's an enthusiasm for even what is not pleasant or fun. Or It's like, wow, I want to know this. A few weeks ago, one of I was having a meeting with one of the retreatants and they came and they said, wow, I just got, I got an opinion, like I had this strong opinion and I could be in the middle of it. I really see how it was like holding the mind, you know, and they were so happy about that. I was like, wow, that's so beautiful. This is really wholesome energy in the mind. Suddenly the mind is enthusiastic by... Uh, difficult emotions or states of mind the mind is wants to know it because it's there it's happening now i want it's precious yeah and so the mind is getting st- stabilized in this way energized and and calm also gathered instead of scattered yeah and uh, joseph i'm boring for you from you but there's a it's, there's an image you used a number of years ago. You might still be using it, but it, it uh, really helped me understood this process. And um, I, I don't think you do this with a big bell like this, but <laughs> I will. <laughs> do you know what I'm about to do? Do you know what I'm about to do? No? Okay, so when we come to the retreat, the first day when we arrive, we want to establish mindfulness. And what happens? It goes in the past, and then we are, okay, we put it again. I, I really, what can I connect with? And then, whoops, it goes in the future. Do you, not, uh, do you recognize something like this? And then you go, you don't recognize this? <laughs> oh, I've, that's definitely my experience. I want to establish attention, and it goes into consideration about the Dharma. And I'm like, no, I really want to be here. I don't want to think about the Dharma. And then I reestablish mindfulness again, and it slides towards home. Oh, when I go home, and I put it back there, and then it slides towards planification, and I put it back there, it slides towards worry, and I put it back there. Do you see this? And after, so I keep doing this, and at some point, there might be a reversal of the bell. And so what happened is that I've worked so well without abandoning, without forcing. Really important. If you hear something tonight, it's this one without abandoning, without giving up, without forcing, as much as possible uh, being continuous in practice. And at some point what happens, you can't see, but I can see it very well, (laughs) is that you establish mindfulness, and it's, imagine my finger at the bottom there, and then suddenly something about the past comes, but whoops, it slides right back in. You don't have to go like, ah, you know, it's like, and then something about the future comes and it, whoops, it slides right back in because we've built the momentum, you know. And so that's why we say in practice here and being here, try to bring attention to every moment in a very simple way. But don't, st- you know, uh, stop if you can when you go to the dining hall. Be there, hear the clinging of the forks and the, on the plates, uh, feel the swallowing, whatever it is, feel the chewing, feel, 
be aware of the colors, the taste, you know. And when you leave the, the dining hall, as you come up, be there, especially in a sacred, I almost want to say, environment like here, you know, where nature is so generous, you know. So we're invited to stay present because at some point there's an, it gets established, at least for some moments here and there, more. And so again, tomorrow you'll have the chance when we start after the instruction at 8.30, there'll be practice, unbothered practice until uh, 12.15, uh, you know? So it's a block of practice that is, we could think of it as sacred, you know? Dedication time so that we can actually maybe create the conditions for this to happen, you know, that suddenly attention is established. This is not something that we is a respond only to will. There's not only one condition being will for this. It's like, I want it, I should have it, why don't, no. It's conditional, some conditions we have, we can invite, and some conditions we don't control, you know. And so we have to be really humble, but keep aiming, keep attending, keep, uh, yeah. So, back to my arc of I'm stuck in my head, and my uh, thoughts about stuff, I'm, and I land in this reality through the sense experience. I become really specific about things, and now things get ins uh, outstanding. Like people will say at this point, you know, like, wow, the rice tastes so good, you know, because suddenly we're becoming sensitive, both sensitive and balanced, you know. Imagine being just sensitive and imbalanced, that would be really difficult, but we built both at the same time. We built our capacity to be touched by the world, and we built our capacity to stay calm in it, you know. And so then somebody will come and they'll say, wow, what do you put in the porridge? You know, <laughs> and they'll say, "Well, the special secret ingredient is mindfulness. Yours, you added it to the recipe." You know, and so, and then you're like, and then you'll come like, "Oh, I saw a bird." You know, <laughs> you've been touched by the bird. You know, and you're like, "Oh," like me, start crying because you've been saved by steps going down the staircase. You know, I heard the steps. You know, becoming sensitive. I'm on retreat too. <laughs> so we're becoming really sen sen uh, specific. Have I said that enough? And then, so we know, like, this is not uh, specific in another way, is that we're discovering. So like, oh, who is saying this? The thoughts of your mother are not your mother. You? Oh, uh, you. Uh, uh, Monindra. Yeah, so suddenly we become clear about this, like we're like, oh, m thinking about my room and being in my room is two different things. Before it was undifferentiated, it was my room, I'm in my room, I'm here thinking about my room, and now I'm like, oh, this is a thought, I'm getting specific. This mind is producing images right now. It's different than the actual touching the sink and this is a tactile experience or a visual experience. This is a mind experience. Oh, thinking about me and experiencing this body is two things. Before it was undifferentiated. I'm like this, I've always been like this, and now I'm walking there. And then we're like, oh, images of self is one kind of production, and feeling stepping is another event, 
they're not the same. Do you see? This actually, I don't know if I'm talking about this right, but this is extremely important. This is the beginning of clarity, you know, not being everything being undifferentiated, you know. Oh, a thought is a thought, and a perception is a perception, you know. Uh, I remember one time I was sitting at IMS outside, and I hear a car move out, move out of the driveway and drive off, and one uh, guy on the maintenance, um, Brian, uh, uh, that was part of his job was to come and go with the car, you know. So I was sitting there, my eyes closed, and the car backed off and left, and my thought was, Brian is leaving. And this to me was a reality. And so Brian is leaving, and then I opened my eyes, and Brian is in front of me. So what we do in practice is we become specific about, oh, this is an idea, this is a perception, this is a mental formation. It might not describe reality. In the case of Brian, going and coming is benign. But in our life, it, this is not benign, you know. This is extremely, uh, I mean, it, this is core, essential stuff we're going to have to look at in practice. If I go to the, some of the deeper ends of this, is that the perception of a separate self is only that, a perception. And with it comes, it's viable, but it's going to be difficult. There's going to be me and the world, and I'm going to have to fight, defend, struggle, uh, strategize, uh, you know, etc. And so with that perception, being very invested in that kind of perception, taking it to be reality brings a certain amount of difficulties. In practice, this is the kind of stuff that we're going to clear a bit, you know. It's very slow, progressive, but it's by being specific, being attentive to what is happening now. Being very specific, we're gonna, it's going to suddenly start to be more and more clear. And what's going to happen? So from my stuck in my head, to getting specific, suddenly, in my understanding, there's suddenly we uh, t start to, it's not so much speci the specificity of experience. Some are heard, others are seen, some are blue, others red, some are subtle, others gross, some are pleasant, others unpleasant. They all have their specific characteristics. But in practice, at some point, it's not the specific characteristics that I s start to stand out. It's the universal characteristics that every phenomena has in common. And we've been talking about this the whole week. Every phenomena that has specific characteristics, like seeing is very different than hearing. It's a different field, a different universe, yeah? But there's something in common with both experience is they pass, as you know. And so, in practice, we, we, we start to clarify this in experience, not in thoughts. We soak in it, we could say. Suddenly we see the change of moods, the change, uh, the passage of thoughts, appearance and disappearance, the appearance and disappearance of sensations, the appearance and disappearance of uh, perceptions, of any aspects of reality we start to see that actually it comes and goes. The warmth at some point reduces and becomes cold.
cold or cool. Yeah? The impression that I'm a piece of shit passes and suddenly there's this tenderness for the, you know, that is there instead of the judgment maybe. Maybe the piece of shit remains, but <laughs> the way of holding it changes. Yeah, you see this? And suddenly we become touched more and more deeply by these characteristics of which there are three. One is that everything passes. It passes. Just wait a little enough and you'll see it disappear. And even while it's there, it's passing. For example, I don't know if you'll follow me on this one, but I like sometimes to just open my eyes and look at the floor. You'll say, the floor is not going anywhere. You know, the floor is staying. Is it staying or going? But sight is flowing. Sight, once I've seen the floor, it just keeps being seen. There's a, there's a flow of sight. Yeah? It just does, it doesn't stop. It doesn't, it's not like, it's finished. It's like, wow, seeing is a dynamic process. It keeps seeing, no? And so everything we're talking about here is not from like the nature of reality so much as, uh, as from the point of view of the experiencer. Being a human being means things are going to change at every level. Present moments, try to catch one and keep it. It's a replaced by the next one and the next one, you know? And so any, again, uh, don't believe this. And that's the beauty of this practice. The way I understand it is uh, as if the Buddha was saying, I don't want you to believe me. I don't want you to believe anybody about anything. I'm going to give you a technique that your vision, to use that, uh, your vision is going to be so clear that you're going to see for yourself what is what, what leads to what, what has value and what has no value. You're going to see it very clearly, even underneath your own conditioning or uh, you know, the way you've been raised or what society has told you on and on and on that you've been kind of buying into uh, despite your best efforts. You know, with this clear, calm, energized, curious vision or attention, you'll, s you'll see for yourself. You'll gain independence. Yeah. And so these characteristics is a proposite, uh, um, no, that doesn't work in English, uh, is just a suggestion. Some have found that everything is passing. And because of this, Kamala uh, was talking about this so beautifully yesterday, nothing can totally satisfy in a sustainable way. No event, no phenomena can sustain completely because it arises when conditions are there and it passes. And this is so both sobering, I find, and liberating. Oh my God, I was so invested in this thing. When I get this, you know, when I've seen in this way or when I get this, Everything's going to, you know, a kind of hidden belief, you know, I, like I, maybe not too aware of it, you know, but with quality uh, encounter with reality, it, uh, it becomes m more, and it takes, I think it takes quality encounter with reality uh, over time. That's why we go on retreat and we pay attention because, I mean, for some of us, it might be just a little, 
insight of a, like a little touch, clear touching of impermanence and the mind gets it in a big way. But mostly I think it's a quality encounter with reality and its nature as it's happening. And to see how hands, first is a, something solid, my hands. I've had hands 45 years. You know, it's my hands and then I pay attention and it's, wow, it's a river of tingling. There's nothing permanent about it. It's something extremely dynamic, passing, alive, moving. And so is my attention to it. Yeah. And one practice that I do often is at the end of the sitting when we bring our hands together. To me, it's a, a moment to be really specific and re be really there because when the hands go like this, And if I'm present, it's just amazing, like now, to me, it's just amazing that there is an experience of touch here. And it's gone. It's gone. And there's an experience of tingling here, and even a visual. There's a, a visual here, and it's gone. This visual here is gone. Now, this is reality. And suddenly, ah! Touch! Whoa! And then this is so real, the touch is so real. And, oh my God, gone. That's the only way that I know how to come close to uh, death in a way. To kind of, uh, oh wow, I want to get used to things passing. I want to practice with this because later it's going to be something that I'm really attached to, you know. And so I want to become really intimate since my chance here, I'm practicing for the big moment. And so when my hands go down, I want to feel how it disappears, disappears, disappears. And suddenly, wow, something new. And the breath, and same thing with the breath, it passes. And so we go from the we have to go through the specificity in my view. You know, we have to be really close and know the experience and then starts to stand out the universal characteristics of impermanence, uh, of not able to satisfy completely. In a way, it's not even the bad news, I find. It's like, oh, it's just clear, it's just factual, you know? A thought cannot, cannot satisfy me uh, completely because, you know, the image of the shoes that Anushka brought, you know, think of your shoes, they appear and then they've kind of vanish, you have to call them back, you know. It cannot, ca there's no stability in this, it's unreliable. And the more I'm attentive, maybe over years of practice, I start to see that things are actually conditional. They happen due to conditions, and that conditions are n mostly not controllable. And so that things then become really unreliable. I cannot count on something happening because something else, a condition might change. You know, I give an appointment to somebody at this corner and this corner of the street. I cannot be absolutely sure they'll be there because, or I'll be there, or they'll be at the same cor corner. Because something, some condition might come that, whoops. To me, this is very touching. It's like this retreat here could easily not have happened for you or for me or for all of us. You know, one 
the change in the story of the universe. And maybe, whoops. So in a way it also makes this, what's happening, precious because impermanent. Anything that is of value in our life is precious because passing. It's coming together and it's going to pass. And we're invited here to become intimate with this. Before I name the last characteristic, so there's the impermanent nature, appearing and disappearing nature of phenomena. And you can be interested in this particularly uh, in the rest of the days here. Notice the sounds go, that uh, thoughts pass, that sensations are rivers. You know, There's a river of tingling right now in my right cough. Cough, cough, can <laughs> it's a kind of a river of pushing <laughs> and uh, and so before I name the so impermanent not able to satisfy amazing because unstable changing conditional you know too shaky too shaky to completely satisfy and the beauty for me of this is, I think, that's the suggestion of this practice, is it's nature of reality. It's not like being aware of it makes it so. It's already like this, and we're trying to avoid it and being very busy. But accept, it seems like it's possible, apparently, to accept it, accept this deeply, deeply, so deeply that we come at peace with reality just the way it is. Wow. This is an uncertain reality. Wow, let me take a moment to take this in. This is an uncertain reality. Wow. Can that be okay? It's uncertain what's going to happen. Can that be okay? And it might be that one would have this movement in the mind, it's like, okay, let's take it on. It's like this. Okay. I want to make a little parenthesis um, before I name the third characteristic. So as we practice and pay attention again and again, so the mind becomes uh, more stable and uh, calm and balanced and energized. Yeah? So we're moving away slowly in a very, maybe uh, like this way, but we're moving away from the hindrances, you know, from the difficult states of mind, which tends to remove wisdom and tends to, uh, 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 you know, they remove wisdom, they remove, they make us, wisdom is not accessible anymore, our values are not accessible anymore. And we live a lot like this, I want this, I want this, and my want is so strong, read Shakespeare, it becomes really clear, no? Like how, in the wanting something, somebody can lose all their values and lose sight of consequences, that our actions have consequences. And, and, you know, so lose everything in the anger, in the hatred. 
how we can uh, create much more trouble for us, lose the nuances, lose everything we have that is of value for us. And in, in building this mind or, f or c creating the conditions for this mind that is stable and suddenly even the shakiest wisdom becomes available. Our values are remembered. Oh, I'm triggered, but with mindfulness and being attentive, I remember that I want to respect others, you know? That I would lose sight of this in other circumstances, you know, when the hindrances are fully blown, you know? So it's amazing what's happening. The other thing that I like, that comes, I think, from Catherine McGee, who said uh, in the retreat I was uh, with her, she said, transformation, you know, if you want transformation, you know, it's something you want to transform in yourself. Do you think it's possible in a rigid mind? I have to stop doing this. I do this all the time. I'm finished. I'm not doing this anymore. That's enough. I'm not going to have that attitude anymore. This is finished. I'm, you know, do, is, do you feel like there's possibility in this? And so what we're doing here is making the mind pliable, flexible. It has uh, honesty to it. It has compassion with it. It has friendliness. It has uh, non-reactivity. And then in that, with that kind of mind, very pliable, malleable, suddenly things are possible. Transformation, discovery, insights. This mind that I'm talking about that is both stable and energized, curious, is good to be in one own psyche alone, I think it's really good to be in a relationship with. Imagine you come to a, a relationship with a, you know, a beautiful evening with somebody or a conflict with somebody and you bring a mind that is both calm and uh, engaged, like uh, alive. Yeah, that's great. To learn a task, to complete a task, to think of the world, to be engaged in the world, you know, or to be on the spiritual path like we are now. Clearly, that's the best mind, and this is what we're valuing and finding out how to create these conditions. And I see it, people come in interview and they describe it, it's happening. Yeah? So the last characteristic is that because things are fleeting and conditional like this, it's amazing that we might discover that nothing can be owned, that this owning, appropriation, identification, fusion with any aspect of reality will bring trouble. If I'm identified that this is moi, you know, and then at some point, you know, I don't know, it starts drying and, you know, what it does, you know, it starts, things start to fall and all this and I'm like, ah, where is moi? You know, moi is gone. And so if there's an identification, a wrong identification with this there, then that's going to be painful. In the process here of paying attention, we discovered that it's not possible to own tingling in the hands. Can you own this, really? It's passing. One moment of tingle, if I can say that. And it's gone. And so... This will require a lot of attention, a high-quality attention, to suddenly discover that, oh, this experience of the body earlier is gone when I'm standing up. The body sitting, being all like this, is gone once I'm up. It's a different experience. The other experience is gone. I couldn't own it. 
there's a text where the Buddha says, um, he says, oh, the difference, I'm paraphrasing here, but <laughs> he seems to say the difference between a wise being and an unwise being is uh, that the wi- both, when they sit, they feel uh, the hardness. In the text is the earth element. It's like this archaic way of uh, exp- you know, uh, exploring the, the body. So the Buddha says, oh, both the wise person and the unwise person, they both can feel the earth element as they sit. But the unwise person just adds a little something that creates a lot of trouble. They, th- they own they think it's mine, I. They fuse with it, they identify with it. And this is going to bring stress to them. Because what's going to happen to this but, or this hardness? You know, is there another life after, or no life? Or, you know, and both answers are stressful. You know, if there's another life, what, what is it going to be? If there's no other life, what's going to happen to moi? You know? And the Buddha says, and the wise person just leaves it there. There's earth element, there's pressure, there's hardness. Et voila. You know? And similarly with any aspects of experience. And some people were describing today, oh yeah, I just saw that thoughts are not me. They seem to happen to me, but they're not me. You know? Our emotions are not exactly me. And by paying attention, and that is accessible only through meditation, to careful attention, thinking about it will crack the mind, apparently. That's what uh, I think Ajansha would say. Yeah? And so by paying attention, we discover very slowly that, wow, hearing is happening. It's not me hearing so much as there's, a, there's a something very natural about when there's life, there's sensitivity, and there's a sound, hearing happens. No need to own. Freedom. Oh, there's, uh, there's a, imagine you're fused with a, that doesn't happen to you, but maybe just to me. A cruel thought crosses the mind. I hope you pay for this. Imagine I'm identified with this. This describes me. That is painful. The other version is, oh, there's a, Cruel thought. There's a thought of cruelty in the heart or mind. Maybe I shouldn't follow this. You know, it's useful, unuseful. Not moi. It's me. I'm cruel. Don't. I don't want people to. Th- you know, it's not about moi. It's about something happens, and there's a capacity to meet it, to be conscious of it, and decide to act. Have discernment. Is this helpful or unhelpful? And that's it. So, not being irresponsible, not being fused, but the middle path of being uh, responsible, but not fused, not identified. There are these thoughts. It's good to act on them or not act on them. Yeah. Anyways, just a few ideas on this very deep um, exploration. But here, my sense is that's what's happening very naturally, very slowly. We cannot push this, we cannot force this. We can just pay attention specifically. And at some point, oh, I saw that pass. It's gone. That impression, that memory appeared and was gone. That perception, everything river-like.
And I'll finish by just telling you that um, you might have read this book from uh, Analayo Bhikkhu, uh, the, the Satipatthana Sutta, and there's a subtitle, the, the what is the Anyway, huge book on this uh, little discourse that we're using here that is at the center of this practice, the Satipatthana Sutta. Big book, fascinating. I mean, I'm coloring, and many of my friends are coloring even the footnotes, you know, like, oh my God, you know, very, very rich book on the practice. And he goes phrase by phrase, line by line, uh, uh, word by word, ah, this one thinks this, this one thinks this about what this means, you know, and it's very juicy. If, you're, uh, if you have a few years of practice, I would say, and, and you want to get into this. So huge book, I don't know, 300 pages, maybe more. At the end of the book, analyzing all aspects of this discourse. And Alayo said, I think I could, we could re-synthesize, uh, re, re re, make a resu resume, can I say that in English? Yeah. Briefly, we could use four letters to describe the practice. I get really interested, like, oh, it's 300 pages in four letters. <laughs> I'm ready. So I used the technique of the suspense from Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, KC, KC. Ta da! Keep. How, what is it? Because <laughs> I know it in French, I translated it. Keep calmly. Knowing, what's the C? Change. Keep calmly knowing change. He said that. We'd like to try to say that this whole practice we do, and every letter being extremely important, keep points to the continuity of practice. Not forcing, not abandoning. Keep calmly is the stability of mind, the balance that we invite again and again. Can I be with this? Can this be okay? that it's a little louder than I would like, or a little bit more intense than I would like, or a little bit more flat than I would like. Can that be okay? Can that be okay right now? So keep calmly knowing, mindful, aware, awake to. Keep calmly knowing change. Change in thoughts, emotion, moods, present moment, moments of consciousness, uh, change in sensations in a any aspect you choose you're free and so hopefully in there there was a little something that can be of use on the on the path and uh, let's just sit for a moment in KCKC
may this practice of uh, keeping calmly, knowing change, lead exactly where it says it leads, to the opening of the heart, to great compassion and care and friendliness and joy and peace. Thank you so much for your kind attention. Thanks. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.